If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Good to be with you. Great to be with you, in fact. Good Monday. Good game week. Not for Florida State, but for college football. The return is upon us. It is imminent. It is this weekend. Yay! Yay, college football! Just in the nick of time. We were all about to lose it. Yeah, the FedEx Cup playoffs are fine, but uh, I was about over <laughs> it. You know, like... I know John well, Rom's good. They're playing right now. I know. Well, that killed it yesterday that too. It out, yeah. yeah. John Rom's good. Great. Let's watch college football, please. He is really good. And then the NFL preseason week two, most of those teams, you know, were sitting their starters. So it was I just... still watched, man. I still did. Watched. You really? I, I couldn't help it. I'm starving. I flipped around. I watched the Jets beat Green Bay. Might have had some coin on that. Uh, I was. I was looking. Yeah, that was an easy bet. We haven't mentioned Harbaugh. Oh, cares deeply. That's right. Every week. That was going away. That really was. That was going away. Harbaugh ain't losing preseason games, folks. It's an ATM every week. Your boy got you for the last two years. Two years. I've been just handing out dollars here. That's reason to tip on this damn chat thing alone. I've made all kinds of people money. Uh yeah, so on Twitter attached to There's a t shirt for the event. Uh tip on this damn <laughs> chat thing. thing already, yeah. <laughs> I mean, goodness gracious, just handing you money. Uh I, I listen, I will say that I gave you a little heads up last week about the unders, but also anywhere they're competing, man, anywhere where they need to get a definitive answer at quarterback. So what you don't want to do, for example, is uh is, is lean towards the Bucks in a game in which none of their starters or very few of their starters are playing. That They just told you what that game meant to them. They just announced to the world, take the Titans. They don't care. Meanwhile, there's that one fan who's in the stands. And there's probably a thousand more like him in the upper deck. Like, come on! So I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, this weekend, baseball tryouts, and, uh, and my son was there, and I heard this father with his son they were, he was asking the powers that be, hey, listen, I, I don't want to be a jerk or try to cut, but we're, we're driving to Tampa for the game tonight. We, we want to go see the Bucks game. We've got tickets for the Bucks game. So he's asking if his son could be towards the front. Uh, it was a reasonable request of the line to do you know, his fielding and hitting and all that. And so they were talking about the game and how excited they were to go to the game. And in my head, and this is one of those times where you almost, I mean, you don't want to ruin somebody's experience, but I felt like going... Well, they're they're not playing anybody. They're, they're not playing any of their starters, and they're going to get killed tonight. <laughs> but I didn't say it. Oh, good. I did not good. say it. Okay. Yeah. That was nebulous. I didn't know what you what you did. Good choice to say nothing there. 
I chose not to say a thing. I was like, you know what? Let him go enjoy the experience. That kid's excited just maybe to be in the stadium and feel the energy. And for five minutes, it was a positive energy. And then you know, while you're at it, why south. is your kid here? You know, like let me just ruin your whole day. He doesn't even belong here. You can go now. You can leave now. Yeah. So it's funny. It's just you're kind of like, all right, just let's just you know go enjoy the experience. Hear the cannons. Fire the cannons. Yeah, that's what you can do. All right, so Florida State scrimmage, we began the show with that. That's the news of the day is that Florida State, they had a real-time, you know, a scrimmage as if it were a game. They were trying to simulate as much as they could a game. They're going to do another one of these. Uh, and and obviously this one, they put them in certain situations uh, to try to see how they reacted to sudden change and things of that ilk uh, or unique situations. But by and large, it was just played as a normal game. And in some ways, this signifies the end of of the the buildup in camp to to now you move into transition to game planning for the Notre Dame game, and so the the fierce competition some of it will continue, but most of it has kind of worked itself out where the coaches have a pretty good idea of who's group one, who's group two, who's segment one, segment two when they're talking about starters and backups and and situational football as well, and so you would you would ask big picture. And if you go to warchant.com later on today, you'll see the roundtable that we did, uh, myself and Aslan and Tom and Corey and Ira, uh, in which we talk about what stood out in camp, what's something that has uh, kind of maybe flashed for us or, or gotten us excited, or what else is there in the way of concern. And you're going to have both, just like the coaches will. And, you know, to me, there are some general observations you can make without violating policy or talking about depth chart. You can talk about guys you feel like that you've seen play well. Uh, you can use the coach's own comments, and that's the safer way of doing it, and saying that, hey, this guy's clearly emerged. For example, uh, I don't know how many times they're going to mention uh, two guys in particular on defense, but Kevin Knowles and Shaheen Brown get mentioned a lot. That leads one to believe they've certainly had very good camps. I've also witnessed them have good camps. And I'm excited. I'm excited about those two guys because they seem like, Tom, and this is a big part of what we don't talk about on a regular basis, we get so caught up in a body type or a speed reading or a vertical or whatever physical attribute that stands out for an individual uh, that we forget that they're football players. And you got to have some football playing in you. You got to have a little what for to you. You got to have some instinct to you. You got to play the game. You can't just be built like a guy who can play the game. You got to play the game because there are plenty of guys out there who don't necessarily look the part off the bus who can play the game, and there are plenty of guys out there who look like they should be able to play the game who cannot. So when you hear that, when you find out that there are guys out there that both look the part and have had a great week of practice, a great two weeks of practice, and they're making plays, well, now you're marrying the body type and the athleticism with the football player. And we're seeing that in the case of Kevin Knowles. We're seeing that in the case of Shaheen Brown. Those are young guys, so we're going to have to wait and see how much they trust them with the game on the line and the moments being big and the lights are turned on, but they've had really good camps and they've been mentioned an awful lot because of it. Uh, I think they feel better now finally finding a home for Travis Jay at corner. I think they feel like the defensive secondary has a lot of options, that they can probably play a lot of different guys at these positions, and they trust them. I think they feel probably pretty good about the starting defensive line. I don't know how deep they think they are just yet in terms of experience and talent and size, but I think they feel very good about that first group, at least, on the defensive line. I know Dennis Briggs has had a good camp, too. He keeps getting mentioned 
that's nice to see. He's a solid three-technique kid who's uh, been pretty explosive, so that's good to see. Uh, we're going to wait and hold our breath on some other guys. At linebacker, as we t- discussed last hour, this camp to me has been an awful lot about the continued emergence of D.J. Lundy. More than any other linebacker in this group, D.J. Lundy is the model of consistency. I'm just using the coach's words how often they bring him up and then what we've been able to see. It's not that other guys haven't had good camps, not that other guys aren't going to be counted upon, but he's the guy that you feel very, very confident in at this point. Kalen Deloach has had a good camp. Amari Gaynor, they continue to move around a little bit to try to figure out when they can get him in to position to rush off the edge when they can get him in coverage. Uh, and exactly what is he? He's a bit of a tweener, so they're still figuring all of that out. On the offensive side, I think that they're continuing to mix and match on the offensive line. They have some pieces they feel good about. The veterans late in camp here, guys are going to be counting on an awful lot. Devontae Love-Taylor, for example, is a guy that is just now kind of getting back into it, right, That's in terms correct. of reps. And they've pretty much noted that. He's a guy that can play all over the offensive line, great experience, knowledge, leadership. He's a guy that they trust that the other players want to be alongside of, that calms people down, and is also a good physical presence. So it's good to hear that he's getting healthier and healthier and getting more and more reps. It'll be interesting to see what they do with the guards and and where everybody gets moved around to. We do know that in terms of uh, younger players and guys that they – I'm going to have to see take a big step forward. Robert Scott's had a good camp, a really good camp, and he seems to have embraced everything. Certainly in the weight room, we watched that special that Aslan did such a good job with on Warchant.com. That thing was eye-opening, and he was a character. It's eye-opening to a lot of people. You think you see that thing basically went viral as far as YouTube videos go. It's over 80,000 views. And, yeah, and he's hilarious. He's yeah, a he's, funny guy. He, yes. was, he carried that thing. He was great. And um, he's also a guy that, you know, if you just look at him, you say, okay, if you buy in and you work your ass off, you do have a chance. And we have not had a lot of guys at tackle in some time that you thought, maybe there's something there. Maybe they're going to take a step forward. It looks like he might. Well, and they like Lloyd Willis down the line, too. Yeah. Not, not for Notre Dame. I'm not trying to say that. But they like him down the line. And you think about him and Rod Orr, who was the, the best tackle that we got in the 2021 recruiting class. I mean, the future it looks like you at least have some options. Because Robert Scott's not a senior. He's not a fifth-year senior. He's one of the younger guys, like you're talking about, and, and he's building that versatility. There are some players, the veterans, where they know what they've got. They're making sure that they usher them through camp as as nicely as possible. It's still a physical game, and, and you're going to have some bumps and bruises, and you got to go through all that. But, you know, DLT, they know what they got. They're getting him ready. I think they had a plan they wanted to execute weeks ago, before camp started. We discussed that with Mackenzie Milton. Is this really the way you, you drew it up? I'm not so sure. With DLT, I think Absolutely. They had a certain plan, and, and they're executing that plan step-by-step. Step. Another name that came up after the scrimmage, and, and Ira and I did a video on some of the freshmen who could be making an impact. He put a list together on the website. was Patrick Payton, the defensive end. If you're looking for answers, not just for this year, but for the future, or situational players some, this yeah. time around, yes, Marcus Cushney was the first name out of Mike Norvell's mouth last night when he talked to us, but then Patrick Payton was right behind it. So if you're looking for another young player who by the end of the season you might say, okay, we've got something here. Patrick Payton is one of those guys. I would say the one concern that has cropped up, and the coaching staff has talked about this a lot, I think there's a good reason, maybe because our own eyes are telling us this in camp, the dropsies with the receivers. we, well, we got to stop with the drops. Well, and I don't think you're going to stop with the drops. I think you got a lot of young guys that you're relying on to make plays consistently, and young guys almost by definition rarely are. So, as excited as we get about their talent, 
and their upside, and that's all very real. There is a reason that true freshman wide receivers rarely make uh, a, a huge impact in their first year. They can make an impact, and they can break into the, the rotation, but they're not guys that you can count on game in, game out, play in, play out to make those plays, especially in traffic, uh, in pressure situations. Now, they're going to get their chances because this is less than a dynamic group. Uh, this is not a group where you think, okay, we got three guys we can count on. There's a reason all the young guys get mentioned so much. There's a reason they had to bring in Parchment. They did not have somebody to stretch the field. They've brought him in. I think he's been hit and miss this camp. I think he's a guy that'll make a play and then not make a play and pout about it sometimes. And then I think the other times he's he's there and you think, okay, well, that's why they brought him in. So I think my personal opinion is that he's a little inconsistent right now. We'll see. Hope we still got a couple weeks. Still got a couple weeks. So we'll see with him. Um, you know, coming over from Kansas is a hell of an adjustment. Uh, not a lot in Kansas. Not a lot to love in Kansas. Not a lot to love about Kansas football. And certainly you're wandering around out there in the wilderness uh, if you're playing in Kansas. So. Uh, yeah, I don't mean like the literal wilderness, uh, but rather just there's nothing going on. They have a nice field house. They <laughs> they play basketball in it. Right. Yeah, yeah. So so you need him to be a consistent down the field threat. Obviously, I think we I don't know how many times we're going to sit here and talk about uh, Malik McLean because of the freshman receivers. He looks the part, but he's going to have plays where he drops the football. He's going to you know he's working through soreness now. He's working through physically. Uh, the difference here. Uh, Keyshawn Helton's been the best of the best uh, in camp, the best of the bunch. Uh, I think it's exciting to note how much progress he's made coming off his injuries. Uh, he's a good kid, an unquestioned leader, a really hard worker. Some of that, you know, the quickness is there, but the explosiveness is back. He seems to make plays every week. I'm going to count on him. Uh, I'm going to count on Pokey uh, to, to be a consistent catcher of the football. Uh, from there, I just think, you're going to have your ups and downs. Yeah, you run I, out of names real quick when you're talking about veteran presence or steady presence, if you want to use it. Because sometimes you can find Rashad Green is not somebody that you see every recruiting cycle. Like That is a yeah, once, amazing, once every yeah. 10 years type player right? That that's able to plug and play immediately. Uh, so you can still have steadying players who are freshmen or, or redshirt freshmen, but they're few and far between. And for our roster, if you're looking for a steadying presence in that segment group, it's down to one or two guys, and that's it. So guys are going to have to grow up fast. And, and you could hear it the way Coach Norvell is talking about it. He was a receiver himself. He gets this. He understands it. Oh, I think that, if anything, he really it, he comes through his true feelings about any one player or yep. position group comes through when he talks about receiver. It does not come through um, where he's being um, – I don't think he's dodging, but he's 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 certainly being. I don't I don't even know if I'd call it secretive. He's just being measured when he talks about all the other positions, quarterback, anybody else. When he talks about receivers, he's pretty quick to criticize the inconsistency. He is, but he's also he said we're trying to fast track him, and he understands the growing pains because he knows all the things that you got to process, especially as you go from well, a high hard, school man, playbook, which is. I mean, if you're already the most athletic player on your team, which most of these guys are by the time they get to big time college football then you don't have to really draw up any exquisite plays. They don't have to be complex. Then you get here and you've got side adjusts, right? You've got your rules on how to adjust based upon what the secondary is doing. You've got your timing, all the working out. You've got your blocking assignments because, hey, it's not all about you. You're not the best player on the team anymore automatically. There's a lot going through their minds, and, and Mike seems to understand that there are going to be some 
unbelievable mistakes along the way, but that's the price you pay for long-term benefit, which is that these guys are going to be pretty good down the line. Robert writes, Jeff slash Tom, if we beat Notre Dame, will you reevaluate wins and losses? Sure, by definition, I think you have to, because I've chalked this up as a loss already. So I would tell you that, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm leaning towards the side of Notre Dame if you force me to, I'm not betting the game, but if I were to bet this game, I'd bet Notre Dame right now, and uh, obviously that means I think they're going to win. Uh, I, don't, I don't like the game. I'm not touching the game. Uh, this is not on my card, uh, but what I would tell you as far as um, who I think is going to win the game, I think Notre Dame's going to win the game. I would really like to be wrong, uh, but again, if, if you have this down as a loss, and then it turns into a win, and you're a significant underdog, by the way, in most places more than a touchdown underdog, yes, you would then have to say that you have to reevaluate your win total. It doesn't mean that I would suddenly tell you that I think they're a drastically better team. Listen, I- I'm gonna, you gave me the opportunity, Robert, and everybody knows, and he knows what I'm about to say. Wins and losses happen for a reason. And those reasons uh, obviously elicit an emotion. So the other part of that is it allows you to take a step back. Yeah, listen, we'll all be energized, enthused, we'll all believe a little bit more than we did before the game if they win it. But how they win the game, why they won the game, what happened, what transpired that allowed them to win the game? Is Notre Dame a team in transition that we talked about last hour? Are they stumbling all over themselves? Are they throwing up all over themselves? Are they turning the ball over repeatedly and giving Florida State short fields? Or does Florida State go out and take it to Notre Dame? Well, it's two different ways to win a football game. If Florida State goes out and dominates the game, I'll have to take a big step back and think, okay, I feel that much better about going to Wake now in two weeks. I feel that much better about some of the 50-50 games that we've talked about all offseason. All of a sudden, you know, an NC State game, which right now I'd lean towards NC State, becomes that much more of a 50-50 game that Florida State could win and you feel good about their chances. Suddenly you'd feel really good about besting both Syracuse and Louisville. Suddenly you feel real good about your chances against any of these kinds of teams that are floating around the middle of the Atlantic. Uh, or lower tier Atlantic. So yes, I would reevaluate at that point. I don't think that it would make me uh, suddenly think that Florida State, given what I've seen from this team and knowing the transition they're going through, I do not think that it would make me say that Florida State's going to then go on the road and beat North Carolina, hang in there against Clemson, let's say, beat Florida on the road. Uh, I don't even know that it would get me to think that they're going to beat Miami, although I would, I'd like their chances a little bit more. I, I just... It wouldn't. It wouldn't shift it to 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 me saying six wins to nine wins, but it would. It would allow me to say they could get to seven to five. Sure. So here's the question that everybody wants answered: be it on Warchant TV or Real Talk ninety three point three. When is going to be the day we do our final W's, W's and, L's? and L's? Yep. Are we waiting for the final mock game this Sunday? Are we doing one this week? What's the deal? Well, you know, show meeting on the fly. So I, I think we should wait. And one of the reasons we should All wait. Right is that you're going to learn a little bit more about who's where. So I think it'll be Monday of game week. Uh, okay, a week from today. Yeah, I think it's one week from today. Mark it down. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe that to be true. I would tell you that I, I, I am inclined to do this right here and right now, and that is to designate this a Cat 5 maintain. Which game? The Notre Dame Notre game. Dame? Well, you have to understand, this – this is under the umbrella of fan behavior and what fans need to do in order to see this thing play out, quite literally be in attendance to see the game, right. the conclusion of the game. Do you know how starving this fan base is for mm-hmm. this game? 
uh, people in general. How excited they are in general. Yeah. Do you know the, the energy that I feel right here in the studio, even driving in my car on my way over here? I mean, this is it's happening now, folks. This is a packed house at night. People are starving. They believe in this coaching staff. They know this team's going to be better. How much better, they don't know. Prime time. So you're declaring this. I mean, we can wait to the end of the week. Whoa, wait. Let, let's let's wait feel let's feel the vibes continue to grow as oh, the week goes I feel like on. I'm but in middle school again. You're I, toying with my emotions. I just don't know how in the world they couldn't be, right? I mean, we are trending towards this being a cat five maintain. So you're not officially declaring. You just said you're ready to, but gonna, you're not gonna do I'm it. I'm very close. I have not announced my <laughs> candidacy just yet. I'm very close. You caught me in a moment where I was very excited. I feel the the groundswell of momentum, the support that we have here at ninety three three and Warchant. I just it's Matthew it's, pulled the comments. He put sound the alarms on the feed. We have to unsound they were never sounded. No, there was we, no we, sounding we, of any alarms. No, we did okay, we're gonna unsound the alarms uh, well, listen, I got you. You're upset. I, you know, I can waffle from time to time. I can change my mind. I'm not interested in waffling. I'm interested in pancakes. You can't pigeonhole me and say that it has to be this way or that way. So I just want you know. pancakes. Well, that's a different story. That's a different discussion. I want pancakes to secure the talent necessary uh, to win a lot of football games. I want that every day. Uh, we need that. That has nothing to do with if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, so. That atmosphere is going to help, though. That's the other thing about that game is we know it's going to be charged leading up to kickoff, and we're going to have a host of kids here, good kids, including Travis Hunter, who's going to be pitching to the kids. And I saying, don't have to worry you about You want to join me. I do not have to worry about Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter is a man of his word. He's a man on the field. He's a man off the field. He's coming to Florida State. He's told the world he's coming to Florida State. That much is obvious. Other teams should stop contacting him. This is a no-brainer. He's a no. You should go on to your next candidate because you're not getting Travis Hunter. He's coming here. It's over. Travis Hunter's the next great knoll. It's happening. It's a foregone conclusion. You're wasting your time recruiting him. It's Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. I'm checking. I'll have to use it for when we get to Redemption Thursday, but... Look at old Fat Bealum out there. As Illinois, uh, plus seven, huh? That's that line. It's not terrible. I would have thought, what a what a big, big game for Nebraska right off the bat with Scott Frost uh, already inviting the wrong kind of attention, both in not winning games and then now having the NCAA take a closer look at what he's doing thanks to uh, misuse of or illegal use of analysts in practice time. And Now, I call that a man who's desperate to win. I believe you said it was the right thing. I well, if I'm a Nebraska fan, if I'm a corn husker, if I'm a fan of the famed black shirts back when they actually bothered to get stops, I would tell you that I would like to see my coach that kind of desperate. That kind of desperate because we are moving into that stage where let's fast forward. This is a little two minute segment here because we gotta bring in Ira in a moment. But I I'll do this for you. Scott Frost is in an interesting place. What's this? Is what year three or four for him? Uh four. Because no. wasn't he hired the same off season as Willie? Yeah, I, this is he's in a show improve kind of moment. Is he though? Who are they going and getting? Well, you've now also got the NCAA, which may have a lack of teeth at this point. But my man is not doing much of anything at Nebraska right now. To, year four, yeah, yeah, year four. So. 
if we're being fair and we're saying, when is it that you put somebody on the proverbial hot seat? If Nebraska sucks this year, he's back one more year, but squarely in the crosshairs of uh, being fired at that point. I mean, you are really close to being fired at that point. Yeah, I, if I was... Four years, you got to show me a little something here. Well, if I was, say, I don't know, Michael Kelly at USF, I'd be watching closely. I know that they got uh, our friend from... Uh, Clemson. Clemson. Uh, the son Scott. of... Yeah, Scott. Yeah. Um, but I'd be watching and see if Scott Frost continues to fail. And maybe after year five or year six, because I think... So he, you'd fired Jeff Scott already? If I could get Scott Frost down recruiting in the Tampa Bay slash Orlando area, hell yeah. I don't know, man. He caught lightning in a bottle there. He did do a remarkable job at UCF. That is amazing. I, I don't know. Something's going on. There's a weird disconnect. How is that possible, what's going on at Nebraska? I mean, I'm not talking about the overall downturn of the program. I'm talking about how he's got nothing going. Martinez, he needs Martinez desperately. I'd have my arm. Does he? Oh, I'd be Does like, he? I'd be like, he's had man. him. I'm like, hey, man, I, it's your time now. He needs him to be better desperately. This he is he our need time, him. Martinez. <laughs> our time. I wish we had a Martinez <laughs> as a quarterback. <laughs> you just made me miss that we didn't have a Martinez in all those other years. Maybe instead of Everett Golson, we could have found a guy named Martinez. Dos! Come on, Martinez! Dos, get me Martinez! Come on, Martinez, you sorry ass! Let's go! Dos! <laughs> Irish Chappelle joins us next day, too. So we've had to adjust as we've made our way over here to 93.3 Real Talk Radio and our place within warchant.com as well. Of course, Mondays at the old place of employment. If you're new to the show, welcome in. Thanks. Good to have you. And I hope you continue to kind of get acclimated and we'll work out the kinks and you'll figure out, oh, that's a running joke. Okay, I get it. He's not serious about this. He is serious about this. All right. Uh, but one of the things that we always did on Mondays is uh, bring in my man, Irish Chappelle, the managing editor of Warchant.com, and we would do that in the 4 o'clock hour on Mondays at the old place. The old place is no more. And in fact, in eight days, it's literally not going to be anymore. Uh, it will be gone. It will be gone forevermore. That is it. That's all. That's okay. We're, all right. We're out of there. We escaped. We got out. We made it to the airport. And now what we do is uh, work from 1 to 3. And we've had to move some scheduling Items around. Ira will join us from this point forward. We think, we think, at 2.30, 2.35-ish, somewhere in there on Mondays, and he does so now. Ira Shafel, Warchant.com, the website, joins me on the Jeff Cameron Show. Hello, Ira. How are you? I'm great, Jeff. I'm uh, trying to uh, get that image of you, uh, you and Tom racing to the airport out of my head, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm glad to be here. <laughs> okay, so what do you take? Let's go ahead and look big picture. I know... Later on today, if folks go to Warchant.com, they'll be able to see the roundtable that you were on, that I was on, Tom and Aslan and Corey as well, uh, in which we give our thoughts through the first two weeks of camp. But I'm going to have you do it here for the radio audience as well. And we kind of talk about what we think is good, what we think is bad, what is unknown. uh, And then also, I guess, what we could derive from a scrimmage we were not allowed to witness. And to me, it sounds an awful lot like... Uh, they found some homes for guys on defense. Sounds like the receivers uh, may have had the drops early on, but then kind of reestablished themselves. Your thoughts on what you were able to gather uh, in the in the post round pressers with all the coaches? Yeah, you know, I think it's um, I think that it's kind of a culmination of what we've seen so far. I mean, really, if you look back at the first week of camp, you know, the defense just dominated everything, and the offense really couldn't get anything going. 
you started to see this past week where, uh, you know, receivers started getting open. Their things started to break free in the, in the secondary. Uh, everything wasn't just a, a jailbreak on the defensive line. The offensive line started doing a little bit better as they got some continuity and got some older guys back in action. So uh, I think it's a good sign that the offense has started to come around. And judging by uh, Adam Fuller's tenor uh, after the scrimmage, uh, he didn't seem to be like, overjoyed by the way his defense played and that's not a that's not a good thing necessarily but i do think it's a it's another positive sign that the offense is is starting to take some strides as you said the wide receivers the drop passes the the two things i think that have really kind of been perplexing um you know off and on throughout camp has been the drop passes uh because they come at just strange times they, they'll make tough catches and then have drop easy catches um but then also the the errant snaps the, the centers and you know and it's some backups and some guys who may never play this ball, but Maurice Smith, the starting center, has had some as well. So those two things, you just think with an offense where you don't have a ton of dynamic playmakers, you don't have a Jameis Winston quarterback, you just can't have plays killed by bad snaps or drop passes. And so that stuff, to me, that's the biggest concern right now in offense, is that stuff has to get cleaned up. I think if there's an area, well, I think people want to hear, where is there an area that you feel most confidently uh, is is has changed for the better. We, that there's unequivocally, you say to yourself, you know what? I feel like no matter what, no matter how the season goes, they're going to be better at doing what. I really think you know it's, uh, several positions on offense. To be honest with you, I, I really think that uh, quarterback and running back are going to be much better. Um, now, you know, we don't know exactly who's going to play quarterback and if it's going to be two guys and if they're going to rotate at different times against different opponents, different opponents. Uh, with Jordan Travis, Mackenzie Milton, we don't know how that's all going to play out. But I think if you look back to where they were a year ago, you know, ho- you know, pinning their hopes on James Blackman, and then rushing Jordan Travis out there, and then rushing Tate Rodemaker out there, and then rushing Chuba Purdy out there, and then you know, it just it, they could not have had a worse quarterback situation than they did last year. I think whoever plays this year, they're gonna, even if the, even if Chuba ends up playing some, I think they're going to be a much better place than they were a year ago. And then at running back, you know, I just felt like even though they ran the ball well last year, I always felt like a, a big part of that was because of Jordan Travis and the, the pressure he puts on defenses. But I think Jay Sean Corbin looks like a much better running back today than he did a year ago. He's totally healthy and confident in that hamstring. Um, I think Lawrence Tofili are expecting big things. Uh, you like Trayshawn Ward. I mean, that group, DJ Williams, that group has really come along at running back. And also I think at, at wide receiver, you've got some guys stepping up now um, that I think can help you. You bring in parchment, but you also have Keyshawn Helton's totally healthy. So I think the offense, to me, is going to be better just about across the board. Defensively, even though they dominated the first half, it's like you kind of just want to see it because there's reasons to be excited, defensive line and secondary in particular. But you just, I think we're all scarred after the last few years. You just want to see something from the defense to believe it. Very scarred, and I think more than anything else, you like the defensive line, at least the starting unit. From end to end, you feel pretty good. But where you're worried is, without question, it's that linebacker. And, you know, I I don't necessarily want to serve up the opportunity to echo my sentiments, but I think you would agree, DJ Lundy seems to be the guy they're most confident in right now at linebacker, And, and that's interesting. Not that he can't play. But that's an awfully big guy, so I wonder about him in coverage. I love him against the run. Deloach is undersized, good in coverage, maybe a little questionable against the run. And then we still just don't know how they're going to use Amari Gaynor. So I think we're I think we're fairly confident about the starting unit up front. 
feel good about the options that they have in the secondary, but we're worried about linebacker. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. And, and Kalen Deloach has gotten a lot of praise, too. Going back to the spring, uh, Adam Fuller was really high on the progress he made. And, and like you said, he gives you some speed that you don't have uh, from a Stephen Dix or, or maybe some of those other linebackers, and, and he can really help in coverage. That might be a good combination, his athleticism and Lundy's power and punch. Um, I do like the secondary. I mean, I, and, and, you know, yes, the defensive line, the front line guys for sure should be solid. Um, I like Travis Jay at cornerback. I was glad that Adam Fuller brought that up last night. Yep. I've seen him working at cornerback, but they don't really want us talking about personnel things and things like that until the coaches discuss it publicly and uh, as part of our conditions for being at practice. But I've, I've watched Travis Jay contest a lot of passes at practice. And I, I go back to last year, back in the spring of last year, 2020, before the pandemic really kind of we realized how big of a deal it was going to be, I asked Adam Fuller what they wanted to do with Travis Jay, and he said, we really want to start him off a corner because if we can have a dominant quarter, that corner, that changes everything on our defense. And the fact that a year later they've got him back at cornerback, I think they think he can be a dominant quarter, cornerback. I like Jarvis Brownlee a lot on the other side. Um, so now you, know, you just feel like you're doing some things. Now I, I understand people that watched that defense play last year and watched Travis Jay play last year and may, may be shaking their heads not believing it. From what we've seen in practice, Travis Jay looks like a really good cornerback. I think he looks like uh, I think he can be a dynamic player. I, I've I've been high on him this entire offseason. I've said if he's healthy, he's probably uh, your most athletic player on the defense. I, I think he has a chance to be special. Let's hope that's uh, the case. I, I I can't help but circle back before I let you go, and and let's just say it. I I think it sounds pretty obvious to me, especially after hearing Norvell's answer. When uh, Gene Williams asked the question last night, he's not going to say a damn word about who's starting a quarterback for this game. We are never going to get a, a, a starter. And that's fine. I'm okay with it. I wouldn't do it either. But do you agree with that? We're not going to hear who's starting this game. Yeah, no, I think that's the case. I mean, it's the best case scenario in terms of if you just want to know. Uh, and, I, and I don't know why everybody gets, especially in the media, we get so uh, caught up on who's, you know, when are you going to announce it? When are you going to announce it? Do you have a date? Do you have a date? Um, but at earliest, I would think, would be like late next week, maybe Thursday or Friday, the last practice that we talk to them before they go into the game. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if we're watching pregame warm-ups trying to see, okay, who's taking snaps from Maurice Smith? <laughs> because that's going to be the guy. It's our, and the reality is we also don't know if whoever starts it is going to be the only quarter, quarterback. But, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's a smart thing to do because Notre Dame doesn't have a ton of things to worry about with FSU personnel-wise, but that's one they, they certainly will just – what the approach is going to be on offense. Brother, I always appreciate it. I'll talk to you again real soon. Be good. Thanks, Jeff. See you, man. All right. That's uh, Ira Chappelle, managing editor, warchant.com. By the way, just as, a, as an aside, we talk about whether our projections of Florida State are too low, too high, pie in the sky, or overly negative. And people are free to debate that, and that's an awful lot of fun. I try to go, and I consistently you'll hear me say, well, take a look at what Vegas is doing. Take a look at what the odds makers are doing. Take a look what the where, where the action's headed. But also, you go around the country, whether it's somebody like David Hale who covers the ACC, or if it's a national pundit, somebody that I thought, oh, he's never in anybody's good graces, and understandably so. Uh, but if you if you got a chance earlier this year, and it was kind of updated recently, and that's why I went back and looked at it just to see, and I don't know what would have been updated save for maybe relative health or news coming out of camp. 
but if you just take the entirety of the ACC and you look in USA Today just for, and again, that's a, it's a candy, you know, publication. But if you're just looking, as in to say it's not a serious publication, if you're just looking at the ranking of all of the teams, regardless of division, you know they've got Florida State, and and it's it's hard to argue with it, but it's just upsetting. Twelfth out of fourteen. Ooh, twelfth. They got Syracuse as the worst team in the league. All Duke, right. Duke after that, and then Florida State. Man, oh man, they've got Georgia Tech better than Florida. Oh, State. Oh no, 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 no. Well, they did beat us a year ago. Uh, they got. Okay. I'm just saying they they did, and Jeff Collins is not a bad coach. So I mean, it's not like we can get all uppity on them. I mean that. <laughs> They, they did. Um, they've got Louisville ahead of us. Maybe. They the, they tuned us up last year. Well, I mean, and oh, Virginia, I love Bronco Mendenhall, but, man, that team is lacking talent. They got Vatek ahead of us. Okay. Where's Wake? Way ahead of us. Wake's at fifth. Uh-uh. They won't be after we beat them in week three, buddy. But they've got BC and NC State well ahead of us. Pitt. Well ahead of us. Yeah. It hurts your feelings. It a does little. a little bit. <laughs> it stinks a little bit to float it we'll, out there, we'll man. Pivot just a second because <laughs> Ira's right about the media obsessing over who's the starting quarterback. Both are going to play. If they're healthy enough to play, and that's not a caveat related to practice last week or anything, it's just durability will always be a concern with those two. Yeah. If they're healthy enough to play, both are going to play. Can we stop? It, who takes the first snap doesn't matter. Now, if you want to discuss who's going to take more snaps. That that gets interesting, but expect to see both of them and put the matter to rest in your own mind because that's the way this coaching staff is going to do it. If they're both healthy enough to play, they're both going to. Go see my man T-Spark, roofing and construction. Uh, T-Spark Enterprises, of course, you hear him here frequently. That's for good reason. They've been a great partner of the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, and now War Chan as well. Uh, if a tree falls on your roof at any point, you can give them a call, but you should know this too. It's not only that they're able to come and inspect your roof, T-Spark's also one phone call away because he can not only fix the roof, but they are a licensed general contractor. They can also take care of any structural damage that happens there as well. T-Spark, roofing and construction, T-Spark Enterprises. Give them a call today. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Before I get to probables, should note a couple of things here. Actually, uh, I would I would say that you do not want to forget tonight. Trench talk, six o'clock. War Chant TV. Devontae Love Taylor answering your questions. It's really good, man. I'll tell you that whenever there is, I don't know, a coach's show, maybe run by each university or a professional franchise, and they've got you know Q and A with coach. I bristle. A player-involved thing now that NIL is a, is a deal. Uh, even a player-led thing in, in the NFL level. I'm thinking, not something I want to watch or, or listen Typically. to. Typically. was behind the scenes as Aslan drove the bus for the first trench talk a week ago yesterday. And it was great. Devontae Love Taylor, like when he came on for the first seminal headlines on these airwaves, and I was talking to him in the break, getting it ready for the three of you to ask him questions, He's fantastic. He gets it. He's got good timing. He wants to get into sports broadcasting. Maybe it's a fallback later in his career, in his life. He's got a future in that. The analysis, he's he's on the ball. It's a lot of fun, and it's driven by the fans. You guys get to ask him questions directly, and he'll give you good answers. It's a, it's a good time, and it's only a half an hour. Tonight, 6 o'clock, a half an hour show. 
Miguel Cabrera hit his 500th home run yesterday, barely 400 feet, got it out of there, opposite field on a 1-1 pitch in the sixth inning. He is uh, real close to doing something that is remarkable. Uh, I believe he is, what, uh, five hits away from reaching 3,000. He's now got 500 home runs. He'll be one of only seven players in the history of the game to do that, and the fact that we've gotten to see it is remarkable. I'll give you a little background here. It's pretty amazing that that has happened, not because of the uh, prowess, athletic prowess or ability to hit a baseball. That was always present. Uh, But he almost both drank and ate himself out of the league while with the Marlins, and I know this because I had a dear friend that worked with the Marlins when he was a rookie, uh, meaning Cabrera, and the reason the Marlins got rid of him had less to do with salary to be and more about um, habits off the field and real problems, self-destructive habits, and it was a wake-up call for him. He has righted the ship. He is, by all accounts, an incredible teammate. He has obviously kept himself together for a very long time, and he's on the precipice of an amazing Hall of Fame moment. And he's mashed since, what, like late May, early June? Yeah, he's actually started to get it together. The way yeah. he started his season was, oh, it's over. It's like the, the tread is off the tire for a running back. You just know it, and it's done. But if you look at his splits the last three months, he's been outstanding. He's mm-hmm. still maybe got another year or two in him. Now, I, I, listen, I've gone from kind of not liking that guy because he was he was throwing it all away to really respecting him. And uh, you, you root for turnarounds. Real quick, it's time for Probables North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. It's time for how you say with the pitching uh, probables d-backs pirates umberto mejia will crow we got the white Sox and the blue jays lance lynn alec Manoa, yankees braves jordan montgomery huascar noah rockies cubs antonio Cintadella and kyle Hendricks, royals astros daniel lynch zach grinky and tonight mariners a's marco gonzalez paul blackburn and that is a look at those that shall reside of the bump. I thought it was a full slate, so I was racing through it. So I noticed this on the Mets schedule, not that it matters anymore for the Mets, but uh, a lot of off days built in in case of COVID in the latter part of the season. Like a lot of them. So I think these Monday, Thursdays are going to be a little bit sparse. 17... Numbers I'm pondering as we build towards Thursday. The Bruins uh, with Chip Kelly kind of coming into their own. They play LSU the following week after Hawaii. That is an elite uniform game. Elite. I'm worried about uh, the situation here where you have a guy giving up this many points in a game they should easily win, but they're looking ahead, obviously. Uh, Because, obviously, with LSU on the horizon, you want to put your best foot forward? That's a number I'm looking at there. Kind of fun. I would uh, I would lean towards the under on Nebraska-Illinois earlier in the week. It's a, uh, it's a 55. I'm going to go lower there. I don't feel good about either of these offenses, and uh, that's, that's a lean. you think that lean. maybe that's a, a Big Ten stereotype, or is it just the fact? No, I, I don't think they're, I don't think they're very Big good. Ten slop fest, you know? I think first game, not real good. Uh, I just don't think either one of those teams are great. I would suspect again. By the way, good on you, Preston, who wrote into the show to tell me which side to take, which makes me laugh. He said, Fat Bealum is the play, Jeff. Illinois returns 16 starters and all of their offensive line. 
Covered four of the last six against Nebraska. Take the under two as Nebraska only returns four starters on offense. I already had the under, Preston. I appreciate you. And I do like that uh, you're so long time, long-term listener that you know that that's Fat Bielema, But mm. Oh, sorry. First place Atlanta Braves tonight against the Yankees. Did somebody else note that? Or did you say that they weren't in first place? No, I didn't say that. No, somebody, okay. somebody noted they wanted you to know it. Yeah, congratulations, guys. You're the blood sacrifice to the Dodgers. Everybody is, seemingly. Or the Giants, whatever. Everybody's going to perk up, though, if, if the pods can beat uh, the Dodgers in, in the wild card game. Assuming that, that San Francisco holds the division. That's going to be the one-off that night. Everybody in the National League, everybody maybe in baseball says, come on. Come on, Padres. Let's go. One time, baby. One time. One time. Let's go. All we need is one. Just need one. It's game seven. Just Even though the it's one. game one. Hey, I was watching, you know how they do the uh, 30 for 30s? And and yesterday was like a marathon 30 for 30s yesterday on, on ESPN2. And I never saw the one on the uh, Little League team that won the College World Series from uh, Nowhereville, Washington from in 1982. It was fantastic. It's worth your time. Good work, Tom. Good work, Matthew. Thanks to each and every one of you for listening. We'll be back with you again tomorrow. Be good. Peace. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.